This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's OBHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to a very special episode of the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Every day, we face new health challenges due to the COVID-19. The whole world is dealing with this pandemic. Now, I'm betting many of you are hunkered down in your homes with your pets and maybe kids and uh, hopefully uh, loving, caring, sense of humor spouses. I am actually recording this episode in my backyard in a tiny house in Dallas, and I'm surrounded by my furry Brady Bunch right now. They're, I think I put them all on uh, mute, hush puppy mode. So I'm asking you guys, how do you keep you, your family, and your pets safe while quarantined? And how do you stay in business if you're a pet professional? For answers, I invited two top dogs in the pet industry. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Jason Nicholas, a.k.a. The Preventive Vet, and Scott Black, a professional pet sitter of the year who operates personal touch pet sitting in the Houston area. Oh, and I forgot to mention, they're both great guys. Welcome, Dr. J. How are you? I'm very well, Arden. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And welcome, Mr. Scott. How are you doing, Scott Black? I'm doing wonderful, Arden. How are you? I'm awesome. Hey, guys, Dr. J and Scott are here to separate fact from myth regarding COVID-19. And they're here to unleash practical tips and safety advice to help all of us through this, quote, shelter in place times. We're going to learn more after we pay for the show by taking a commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Is your dog or cat prone to ear infections? Does your pet resist having his ears clean when they're inflamed or irritated? Are you also concerned about the overuse of antibiotics? Help is here. Zmox ear care products offer soothing relief, and you'll love this part. They don't require the ear to be cleaned before you apply the drops. It's just as easy as fill, rub, and done. That means less touching of those sensitive ears to help create a soothing, fear-free experience. And you only apply once a day. Here's another perk. Zmox, at Z-Y-M-O-X, gets its effectiveness from enzymes, not antibiotics. You'll find these veterinary recommended products through your veterinarian, most pet specialty retailers, and online. To learn more, go to Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X. Pause up. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. 
Welcome back to the OB Hayes Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Coronavirus, COVID-19, pandemic. I'm betting that none of these words were in your vocabulary a few months ago. But now, thousands of cases of the coronavirus are being confirmed all over the globe. There's a lot of misinformation and myths floating around. Our special guests today are here to help separate fact from fiction and to help keep you and your whole family, pets included, safe. That's why I'm very honored to have on my show Dr. Jason Nicholas. He's better known as the preventive vet, and he's outside of Portland, Oregon. And Scott Black, one of the country's most respected professional pet sitters. Dr. J, as you like to be called, I want to start with you first. You're in your home in Portland with your two young daughters on what has to be the weirdest spring break ever. (laughs) Tell us. Without a doubt. I mean, this is, you know, it's a whole new world we're living in, right? Yeah. This whole pandemic is, of course, throwing everybody's lives into upheaval, and we're all learning how to live in this new world. That's true. And how old are your girls? And you want to give a shout out to them? Because they may yeah, be listening. They're on. Well, they're upstairs. I think they can hear us. <laughs> they're saying hello. <laughs> Hi, uh, Lott- what's up? <laughs> Lottie and Margo are eight and 10 years old. All right. Hey, gals. Good to hear from you. All right. And Scott, you're dialing in from your home in Kingwood, which is kind of near Houston, Texas. And tell us what's the home turf look like for you right now? Well, right now we're all hunkered down pretty much. My uh, husband is working from home, which is great. And we have our furry family members, uh, four dogs and a kitty that are keeping us company while we're doing this. Fortunately, The city of Houston in Harris County this morning actually issued a work safe stay at home ordinance starting at midnight tonight, but I'm so happy that they included pet care as essential. So I will be able to continue caring for healthcare workers, pets, and I actually have a client that's in the hospital right now with a diabetic kitty that's relying on me to be there twice a day. So I appreciate what the mayor of Houston and just Judge Hildago did for Harris County so we can provide, continue to provide care for animals in need when their family can't be there. Yeah, and we're going to get into that a little bit more in depth because we do need professional pet sitters that are licensed, bonded, and certified in things like pet first aid to be being able to help pets while the uh, first responders are working double shifts and other people that have health issues. So I want to get to you and that, Scott, in a moment. But I just want to just get it right out front with the good doctor, Dr. Jason Nicholas. Just help us. Can our dogs and cats get this specific type of coronavirus or can we give it to them? So it's a great question, Arden, and one that a lot of people are wondering about. And you bring up a very important, well, the short answer is at this point, there is no evidence to suggest that cats or dogs can get this current novel coronavirus, the one that's causing COVID-19 in people. Now, there are, as there are with a lot of viruses, like there's a bunch of different flu strains, uh, influenza viral strains and such. There's a bunch of different types of coronaviruses. And this one is very specific. It's novel. It is not the same as the canine coronavirus. And it's also not the same as the feline coronavirus that can mutate and cause feline infectious peritonitis, which some people I'm sure have heard about uh, and and hopefully not had much in the way of personal experience with with their cats. But- Mm -hmm. Again, the short answer is at this point, there is no evidence that cats and dogs can get this novel coronavirus and the COVID-19 disease. There was a dog about a week or so ago, I'm losing track of days as I'm sure most people are, uh, in China, (laughs) 
that had tested right. what was called weak positive for right. the novel coronavirus. That dog's owner had tested positive, and so there was concern that the dog had gotten the virus from the owner. They put that dog in quarantine. They continued to monitor and do uh, repeat testing, and eventually that dog tested negative and was released from quarantine, and I believe it was a couple few days later. Unfortunately, that dog did die, and so a lot of people were concerned that the dog you know, died of coronavirus, of COVID-19. Unfortunately, here we're constrained by what was allowed. The Unfortunately, they did not allow the authorities to do a, an autopsy. So to do, oh. you know, to really determine the cause of death. And, mm -hmm. and that's important because we can't speculate that coronavirus and COVID was the, the ultimate cause of this poor dog's death. And we have to keep in mind, too, that A, this dog was 17 years old, which is certainly oh, in those golden yeah. years. And this is yeah. Pomerania. There is a high probability this dog had pre-existing medical conditions uh, and potentially the stress of either that virus or something else or the quarantine. Anything could have been the result of, you know, caused this dog's untimely death. So can't make those assumptions. And given the fact that so many people, unfortunately, are being diagnosed with this novel coronavirus and COVID-19, and everybody is fortunately very close with their pets, there's a suspicion, and, and maybe I'm cautiously optimistic, that given how close a contact people are with their pets, that we're not seeing more cases spring up, that hopefully this is at least anecdotal evidence that pets can't get it. And IDEX Laboratories, which is a huge, one of the major uh, veterinary laboratories in the country, has tested thousands upon thousands of both cat and dog samples to see if they can isolate and if these dogs and cats will turn up positive for this novel coronavirus, and they haven't found one. So Good. those things are encouraging. So while we don't know anything definitively, the evidence, at least at this point, suggests that cats and dogs cannot get this novel coronavirus from people, nor can they give it directly to people, though potentially there's a transmission risk on the fur and the skin of pets albeit probably relatively small. Well, that gets me to the second question, and then we're going to get to the what's happening on the front lines with folks like Scott Black. Your dog's fur. Okay. There is some evidence, though, that the coronavirus, this particular one, seems to be very hardy on things like your kitchen countertops and other things. What's the difference between, like, you take your dog out for a walk, and somebody isn't practicing safe distance and sneezes on your dog... <laughs> as you're walking by versus somebody in your house that it's, isn't known has the virus and sneezes on the kitchen island. What's the difference? So the main thing that we've got going for us is that dog fur and cat fur is porous. So it's not a solid structure. Like if you look at most countertops and there was an interesting study that showed how long this virus can survive on things like stainless steel and metal and cardboard and copper. And there's a variable amount of time, but there's also a lot of different variables in terms of humidity and temperature and a whole bunch of other stuff. But the thing that we've got going for us with pet fur is that it's porous. It's not a solid surface. And so the virus probably can't exist and survive on those porous fibrous objects of fur for as long. But we really should be out of an abundance of caution treating it such that there's a risk. And so for people who are elderly or immunocompromised or babies, so anyone that's at a higher risk of catching the coron this novel coronavirus or getting COVID-19 or having a more severe bout, and they're probably at risk of, of having more severe bouts of a lot of different conditions, really the advice is still the same. Wash your hands. 
between, you know, petting your pets and soap and water kills this virus. I mean, coronaviruses are basically just surrounded by a little layer of fat. So Mm -hmm. it's basically like if you took the walls off of a house, the whole house would collapse. If you use soap and water and you wash your hands, you're breaking down that fat protective layer of the virus and it dies and you're, you're good. So, but if you have coronavirus, maybe someone else in the house should ideally be caring for the pets just to decrease risks as much as possible. All of this Arden is about risk mitigation, right? We're trying to do everything we possibly can to lower the risk, to flatten the curve, to help stem the tide of people, you know, needing to be in the hospital, in the ICU. And part of that is still caring for our dogs and our cats because they add a ton to our lives, especially in these times of social isolation and quarantine, but doing it as safely as possible. So I thank you so much for explaining that. Let's get to Scott. Scott, you are actually kind of putting yourself at risk by walking into one of your clients' homes, which you don't know whether or not they've done the right protocols to keep things uh, cootie-free, if you will. So <laughs> what are you doing and why are, I mean, this guy's, this is one of the most passionate professional pet sitters and knowledgeable ones in the planet. And I love the big heart that you have, Scott, because when things like hurricanes and floods hit, you're there on the front lines. So tell us what you're doing to keep yourself safe and how are you being able to provide care to those people like Dr. Jay has mentioned that may have some health issues and they really need you? Well, I mean, I have made some subtle changes, but to be quite honest, I have always practiced the same safety protocol, whether we have a pandemic, a hurricane or (laughs) <laughs> you know, going into multiple homes on a daily basis, I've always thought about cross-contamination. Okay. So, you know, I've always washed hands when I, I've always had hand sanitizer or wipes in my car. You know, you go to one house, you wash your hands when you get there, you do your thing, you wash your hands before you leave. I go in the car, put hand sanitizer on. You know, when you're doing multiple midday walks and you're you're handling equipment provided by the client or your own You know, you do what you can to disinfect, you know, the clasps on the leashes and the clasps on the the, the D-rings on the collars. You know, I always have gloves in my car as well. You know, the nylon, the, the, you know, surgical glove type thing. Right. Yeah. Um, Hey, when all else fails, you know, poop bags. I know from taking some of your MacGyver uh, (laughs) glasses, I actually used a poop bag to pump gas the other day. Just so I'm not transmitting, you know, getting anything on my hand when I pump gas. Um, I love that idea. I mean, unfortunately, I have to stay healthy because I need to be there for those that need me the most now. But, you know, most pet sitters, our businesses have kind of come to a screeching halt right now. You know, so those that are home are not using us for midday dog walks. Those that are forced to go to work like healthcare providers or some of the essential businesses, I'm there during the day to help because the dogs or cats need someone. But, um, I haven't made a lot of changes because I've always thought about safety first. Um, I like that. And Dr. You know, Jay, what do you think about what Scott said? I love that he does this in between visits in the car. He's, he's already been in the habit of doing that. What's your yeah. thoughts on what he's doing? It's critically important. And I commend Scott for doing it. And I hope a lot of people are. I mean, the thing that, you know, that we know and, and a lot of vet practices obviously do, same thing as in human hospitals. You know, we're currently talking novel coronavirus pandemic, but this is the only infectious disease that we deal with. I mean, there's parvo in dogs, you know, there's giardia, there's, you know, even just things like fleas. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that going between pets 
you know, can cause, you know, that we can transmit canine influenza of that nature, upper respiratory tract infections for cats and similar to coronavirus and the situation in people, different pets are at different risks for, you know, if they catch these things. So the things that Scott is doing and has been doing now for years and is continuing to do and promote are fantastic. I mean, that'll help to slow the the tide with both coronavirus and other infectious diseases going forward. I like that. The one question I didn't ask is that the clients that I am going to, I have asked them to make sure that they do have soap and towels or, you know, Lysol wipes and things at the house for me, because if not, I'm bringing my own, you know, it's okay. um, yeah, because you're walking in, and are, are you are you wearing glove? You're wearing your like disposable gloves when you turn the handle. What are you doing? You know, I yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, or you know, grabbing. If I don't have the gloves on at that point, I've already had the hand sanitizer on, and I'm going to wash my hands and then use a piece of paper towel to turn the faucet off or whatever. Just like I've done on cruise ships for years with the whole oh, I've got on. I mean, I learned how to practice a lot of hand washing on cruises. If you've ever been on a cruise, you'll know. Oh, I think that's good. I think the the ship has sailed maybe for that industry for a long time now. Oh, I know. But you know what? It makes you think think about washing your hands. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, we're speaking with Dr. Jason Nicholas, the preventive vet, and Scott Black. He's a professional pet sitter, and he's one of the country's best, and he operates personal touch pet sitting outside of Houston. And I want you also to go check out preventivevet.com after the show. We're going to talk more with these two great guys after we take this quick commercial break. So sit, stay, please don't sneeze on your dog. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Pause up, everybody. It's Arden here. I've got a cat confession about my feline foodie, Casey, the orange tabby. Love the guy. But we now have to put all the food we've prepared for dinner into the microwave if we want to enjoy a civil meal in the living room without him stalking the kitchen and helping himself. You know, that's some stuff I can live with. What I can't deal with is a smelly litter box. So I use Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. It clumps tight around odor and destroys it for a seven-day odor-free home, guaranteed. Because an odor-free home is a happy home. Arm & Hammer, more power to you. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here to unleash some great health advice. It's time to be down in the mouth for the benefit of your dog and cat. Unleashing good oral care is one of the best ways to show love for your pet. Do you find brushing your pet's teeth challenging? Here is a terrific solution. Treat your dog to Oratine Brushless Oral Care. Oratine makes caring for your pet's oral health super easy. The difference is the enzymes. The advanced enzyme technology in Oratine works to freshen the breath. It eliminates bacteria, fungus, and yeast. Yuck. They also reduce plaque biofilm from accumulating on the teeth. And guess what? None of these products require actual brushing. Woohoo! You can choose from these three products. 
One, a water additive that gives your pet the benefits of oral care with every lap of water. Two, a breath freshening spray with a gentle mister. Or three, a brushless toothpaste gel you can apply with your finger. If your pet tolerates brushing, hey, you can always brush too. To learn more, visit Zymox.com, Z-Y-M-O-X.com, and look under the oral care product line. Do it today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Hi, this is Steve Wozniak, and I would love to invite you to listen to the Obehave Show by Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have as our special guest for this COVID-19 special, da, 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 uh, we have Dr. Jason Nicholas, the preventive vet, and Scott Black, uh, professional pet sitter of the year back in 2010 by Pet Sitters International. And he operates a very successful pet sitting business aptly called Personal Touch Pet Sitting. I want to get back to this because one thing I love about Dr. Jason is the fact that the dude can not only practice medicine, but he actually can use his fingers on a keyboard. So <laughs> he is a writer. I is a writer too. So you guys, I want you to check out the Preventive Vet because he has a great e-newsletter called Pause and Play. And today, hot off the press, is a very must-read article he wrote called how to prevent common pet emergencies during quarantine now i know we don't have time for you to go through everything <laughs> but here's the situation and it's it, it impacts people like scott too everybody's hunkered down in the home that's mom dad or whatever kids dogs cats significant others whatever people are getting bored they're getting sloppy Things are being thrown across the room. Give us a few landmines that could really mess up the safety of dogs and cats. You know, it depends. I mean, if you've got kids, we're thinking, you know, especially we're homeschooling, you know, we're trying to keep kids entertained and they're trying to keep themselves entertained. So a lot more crafting. So think things like sewing and knitting and potentially putting, you know, increased risk for especially cats for linear foreign body obstructions. If you're baking, you know, chocolate, quite a popular thing to bake with. It's also quite a popular thing for a dog to try and devour. And the, the chocolates that we tend to bake with tend to be the more dangerous ones. So bittersweet baker's chocolate, things of that nature. Okay. If you're thinking of eating healthier, you know, uh, whether you're going keto or whatever to try and stave off the COVID-19, you know, weight gain, although I might be pushing 25 pounds by the end of all this, you know, and maybe you're thinking <laughs> about like xylitol, which is oh, an increasingly yeah. common sugar substitute. And that stuff is deadly for dogs. And in very, very, very small amounts, like that is a, that's a dog poison that basically every pet owner needs to know about. So that potentially comes at increased risk. Again, with the snacking, if you're eating more, you know, sitting around watching TV, streaming Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and you're, you know, snacking on potato chips or Doritos or whatever, those bags, those Mylar plastic bags suffocate and kill hundreds, if not thousands of dogs and a few cats here and there every year. And it can happen very quickly and it can happen when people are at home. And it's a matter of the dog sticking their nose in, even if the bag is empty. The, just the draw of those crumbs and the fat and the, you know, that smell, the salt, right. they dive their head in there to try and hoover that stuff out and all the air gets evacuated and they can't get it off their head. And it's, it's not what you want to be dealing with, obviously. 
And then, you know, the basic stuff that we're all doing now more is, you know, more cleaning and disinfecting. Some people might think, oh, I'm going to mix, you know, this bleach and this ammonia solution so I can save a step, clean and deodorize and sanitize my house. That's dangerous for everybody because that can release some really noxious and dangerous chemical gases. You know, even trying to make your place smell better with liquid potpourri or some of the essential oil diffusers, those can cause respiratory irritation for cats and dogs and other problems. You know, opening your windows to try and get some fresh air. And if you live anywhere above the second floor, you know, for cats, especially, we've got to really worry about high rise syndrome. And that's a constellation of injuries that cats suffer when they fall from heights. And counterintuitively, perhaps cats that fall from over seven floors tend to fare better than cats that fall from between two and seven floors. So there's any number of things right now that since we're all in the homes together more and spending more time and maybe getting a little bit more, like you said, uh, Arden, a little bit, you know, sort of lazier and and, uh, less alert, just be aware. And not only does this keep your healthier and safer, it will also avoid having to leave your home to go to the veterinary ER, which puts you at increased risk of you know, getting infected by the coronavirus. And it also costs you a lot more money. And also because personal protective equipment for our frontline defenders. So our responders are, you know, human doctors and nurses, they don't have enough masks and gloves and and even ventilators. Most, I think, states, you know, requests for veterinarians to really scale back. So vets are cast routine things. So the more we can avoid going into the vet at this point for things that are avoidable, better it is for everyone, including our frontline defenders and everybody that's coming down with this horrible condition. Yeah, I just, uh, I took my dog, Bujo, who's an 85-pound Bernese Mountain Dog mix, and she got groomed today, but the whole procedure was totally different, and it's been a while, so she needed it. But a <laughs> lot of groomers, you know, at places like Petco and PetSmart are not in business, but this is inside a veterinary clinic. So I'm wearing gloves, I sit in my car, I call and somebody comes out all protected and they take Bujo into the clinic. And then when she's done and I'm wiping my hands, everybody's wiping their hands. And when she's done, we do the same thing, but there's no exchange. There's no touching. They actually had me read my credit card in the car so they could have it all done and just emailed me the receipt. Yeah. Yeah. The world is changing. And, and, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of people in a lot of different industries, restaurant industries and service industries and coffee shops and stuff, a lot of veterinary practices are going to suffer and potentially not even survive through this. Oh, um, I know. Because of the impact. And that's not to, you know, curry sympathy necessarily because everybody's going through this and we're all going to hopefully get through this together. But just to say, you know, as life is changing at your vet practice, if your vet calls you to reschedule your dog's dental that you had set up for next week, it's a necessary thing. And I think, you know, we can all just use, and this is not just with, you know, veterinarians and veterinary teams when we're interacting with, but just everybody just take a breath and realize we're all in this together and and the nicer we can be to people because everybody's suffering and going through their own stuff, the better off it's all going to be. And Scott, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. You please give us a little bit of a glimpse into what's happening in the field of professional pet sitters. I mean, I see these horror stats on uh, Facebook posts. Tell us what's going on. In two words, not good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, small businesses like professional pet care providers and dog walkers, you know, if people aren't traveling, if people are working from home, you know, whether travel for business or or pleasure, you know, I lost track of the number of cancellations and the amount of dollars I've lost just for March and April. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm trying to be positive. 
you know, everybody's in a different situation that, you know, whether they're single, married, you know, is there another income in the household? We're all in this together. And like Dr. J said, with the veterinary clinics to kind of go back to that a little bit, my vet actually sent an email out to, to all of us, you know, about what's essential, what's not essential. Please just don't show up for the sake of showing up. They right. want to stay open. They want to keep their staff safe. But if one person comes in and one person transmits it and, you know, they're going to have to close and they just don't want to do that. And, and I think pet sitters have to think about that as well. I don't want to get into a, a legal, legal legislative thing, but right. I do know that isn't there a lot of efforts being done by professional pet groups to make sure that services like dog walkers, pet sitters are considered essential and should stay yes. open? What's Yes, I believe Pet Sitters International, which I'm a member of, it has sent a letter obtaining signatures so they can send a letter to make pet pet care essential. I know they're doing a lot with the labor as well, the labor commission to try to make sure that businesses that are having financial hardship might be included in some sort of a, I don't want to say bailout, but, you know, other than applying for an SBA loan, you know what I mean? Yeah, some sort Um, of financial relief. Right, right. So, you know, where, you know, there's a big question mark, you know, hovering over all of us. You know me, Arden, I try to stay positive. I'm trying to see the glass half full because it would be very easy to just kind of say, well, time to hang up the leash and you look elsewhere. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I like to be an accountability partner for other sitters that might be having some hard times and, you know, what we can do to help each other get through this crisis. If you're walking a client's dog, and there's a happy-go-lucky dog coming your way with somebody else. What do you do now that you to keep both that client's pet safe, you and the others? How do you tactfully say, "Let's not have a doggy hello"? Well, that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if I don't know the dog that's approaching, I'm just like, "Nope, stop." And you know what? Here's my takeaway from this. Okay podcast. The best thing any dog owner can have right now is a six foot leash. <laughs> you get Good. any closer to the, the <laughs> six foot leash. <laughs> but not but not not a retractable leash. Thank no, 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 no. Sorry, I hate definitely, things. definitely not a retractable <laughs> leash. But everybody needs to have a six foot leash. I think um, we need a six foot leash around our neck so we can make sure we're six feet apart everywhere. Like if we have to pick exactly. up some- pharmacy. Can you imagine? I think six foot leashes could start making some money. I'll tell you what, man, maybe I've got a new business, Uncle Scott's Leash Company. I don't know. I I think that's a good one. I'd buy one. And and speaking of what Dr. Jason Nicholas is saying, oh, thank you so much. I think retractable leashes need to see their, they need to be DOA today. I watched my dog Kona and she's on a, actually a five foot lead and she's a good walker. And there is a poodle, mini poodle with this retractable leash that's like five years ahead of their owner and it gets better. There's an idiot with two border collies, both off lead in this little baseball park where we have to go through to get to my car. So I say to the gentleman, use that term loosely, hey, please do the right thing. Please put your dogs on a leash, their leash. Thank you. I said, what? Thank you. I said, can you please put your dogs on a leash? Thank you. Why don't you just call 911? Nobody's going to come. Oh, my gosh. 
So yeah, sadly, you're not alone in that art. I face that all the time where people think that they, you know, don't need to walk their dog on a leash. Yeah, um, so and, you know, is, when, when I'm the advocate for a client's pet or even my own dogs, when I'm out walking yeah. them, it's like, hey, we have a leash law. Can you please put your dog on a leash? I, I can't even tell you the, the four letter expletives I've been called. <laughs> um, but you know what? It's all about safety. Again, it's it all back to safety. Well, any dog can bite anybody at any time if it's right. Yeah. So I instead, since the man kept saying thank you and saying try calling 911, I just proceeded. And then when I ran into people on the other side of the street, more than this Alicia way, I just said, hey, I would probably recommend not going down to the park because there's a gentleman with two dogs off leash. And one lady had Akita and she goes, oh, those two dogs would have no chance with my dog. So thank you for letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. J, I mean, I hate the retractable leash. We can do a whole episode on that. Well, what other things could you, because we do need fresh air. Our dogs do need to be mentally and physically enriched. What can you give us some safety options during this hunker down time? Well, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, for people to realize that both for cats and dogs, exercise and kind of activity doesn't necessarily have to be outdoors. We've got a bunch of stuff on the website. We've got an awesome certified trainer and behavior specialist at Preventivet who's written a bunch of great content in terms of things that we could do in terms of interactive toys and different training things that we could do indoors, okay. both with okay. cats and dogs. So this is Good. a perfect time to work on your training. If, you know, and then cats playing with them and things of that nature and doing other things to reduce their stress levels. But as far as going outside, I mean, you're right, Art, and we do need some fresh air. We do need to walk. But as you know, even as Scott was saying as well, making sure to keep those safe distances wouldn't be a bad idea if you've got a waterless shampoo when you come back in with your dog. Again, oh, it good. might be but if you could do that every now and again, and I haven't seen any data, and I've been looking, I haven't seen any data to suggest that the waterless shampoos necessarily kill the coronavirus, uh -huh. you know, this novel coronavirus, but it's not going to hurt as long as your dog is used to it or your cat is used to it and they haven't had an allergic reaction. Might be a good idea. Cleaning their paws off when you come good. back in. Again. If you've got someone that's immunocompromised in the house or at higher risk, taking these steps. If you are really concerned, like if you are at high risk and you live alone and you've got a pet, and they need to walk. Mm -hmm. Professional pet sitters, Good. great resource. You know, neighbors, friends, family members, if somebody else can sort of pitch in so you can stay in and stay safe and taking all these steps will be huge. But we don't, you know, our, our cats and dogs still need to get their exercise. They still need to go to the bathroom. You know, you don't want to wind up with a constipated dog that you then have to <laughs> rush in ER. No, no, That's I don't want to do that. Well, and the other thing is you haven't, since we last saw each other, I know you got to meet my cat at Safety Cat, Casey, the orange yeah. tabby, and, and Scott has too. I now have what I jokingly call, it's an orange tabby kitten from Samantha Martin of the amazing Acro Cats. Uh -oh. This is a now just turned 10 month old cat that I got two months ago. It's like getting a pre-certified Lexus. <laughs> this cat, this kitten was trained, was found on the streets. I jokingly say it sounds like a country song. I was an orphan kitten full of fleas found in a dumpster in Georgia. Um, but she nursed this Rusty back to health. And Rusty is clicker and target trained. I whistle. He flies to me. He jumps oh. through hoops. He sits up. He walks on a leash. But she had him on stage in Christmas time in New Orleans with the amazing Acrocats, and she planted this kitten in the audience. She blew a whistle, and this cat would go flying down the aisle, jump onto the stage, sit on his mark, sit up, and fly through a hoop. 
Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Are you ready to meet him? Because he's already yeah. uh, known as Scott is my uncle to all my pets. So I hope Dr. J, would you be willing? Totally. Okay, totally. So. I, will I will totally take that on. He but sounds I awesome. What, but I think I'm bringing up the point that you're saying dogs and cats need to be enriched mentally and physically because stress can take a toll on their health, right? A huge one. And the cool thing about like, I mean, if you've got the time, like I understand if you're wrangling, you know, three kids and homeschooling and trying to keep yeah. the place clean, like not everybody yeah. has the same amount of time, but if you've got the time, find some good videos of, of like good training methods, all this, you know, aversive stuff and the shock collars run as fast as you can from that stuff. Again, a whole other topic, but, but find some fun clicker training videos for cats and dogs that will also be enriching for you. Like that's enriching for people and to build that bond, to use this time to help build that bond, you and your pets by working on training and whether that be tricks or basic obedience or whatever it might be, what a great silver lining to all of this, because that will make your life, their life, your vet's life, your pet sitter's life, your family's life so much better at the end of all this, because you'll have a cat or dog that's better behaved, does some fun parlor tricks like, you know, walks better on the leash, all of these things. I mean, imagine having a cat that you could have them impress your family by coming running and doing tricks and giving high fives. Like that's gold. And then maybe you have an, an Instagram star on your hands <laughs> when this is all done and you can recoup, you know, you can make millions. I mean, there's, well, Instagram's I don't know. Kate, I think Casey's pretty cool. And now his kid brother kitten and training rusty is too, but I've never cracked that nut about Instagram bonanzas, I but I don't care. They're, they're, they're helping take people. You have a cat named smudge, right? I do. Well, unfortunately he's in, when I got divorced two years ago, he stayed, oh, he stayed okay. in the other house and we just recently <laughs> lost Wendy, but it was actually, ironically, it was five years ago yesterday, exactly that we had adopted smudge and he's incredible. All right. That sounds good. I want to ask both of you before we uh, bid adieu, because there's a lot that we could still cover, but I really want people first, please check out the preventive. It's called preventivevet.com. Please go there. Lots of good resource information from Dr. Jason Nicholas and his team. And I mean, just he just did something today, uh, just a great article. And he tells you the safe cleaning things to use and dangerous cleaning products to use, some tips and tricks. I want you to go see him. I also want you to be kind to your professional pet sitter and dog walker. They are going through a huge tough time. But these are people that often had like white collar jobs or corporate executives, and they got the calling. They got the calling just like Scott Black did to be able to be there for pets. Scott, before we go, I know you're with Personal Touch Pet Sitting out of Houston. Tell us what would you want to say to everybody right now and why do you still love being a pet sitter? You've been challenged, buddy. Oh, I know. I know. I, I've, I've seen quite a few hurricanes and some flooding <laughs> and yeah. now this, but you know what? At the end of the day, this is more of an advocation than an occupation for me. A dog came into my life years ago that that just was the best therapy and, and is what forced me. I needed to make a change from corporate America okay. um, and I've never looked back, but I don't like the word customer or client. When I get a key to someone's home, they become part of my extended family and I become Uncle Scott. Okay. Um, you know, these are the folks that see the value in the service of a professional pet sitter, dog walker, pet care provider, whatever we're calling ourselves these days. But we're there when they're not. We have to be the best advocate for them. And we're the ones that establish the relationships also 
with the veterinarians in our service area that when we call, they know we're not calling to drop off business cards or pens or when can we bring lunch? It's like we've got a mutual pet that needs medical attention. Good. And you know, I just think people need to know that there are professional pet care providers out there. They need to do their homework and they need to look for credentials. I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit now because That's right. there's a lot of people in this economic downturn because of this that are going to be looking to make some extra money. And, you know, this is not a side hustle for professionals. This is our livelihood. This right. is what we do. Please make sure your pet sitter is insured, bonded, licensed if required by your state, county, or city. You know, can provide proof of a clear background, criminal history. You know as well as I that I maintain my certificate in pet first aid and CPR. Hey, uh, folks, he took my class a couple months ago in San Antonio, so he didn't fall asleep in class either. Thank you, Scott. No, but to me as a pet parent, but as a pet sitter, it's it's critical because I'm preaching to the choir, but we need to know what to do to be able to safely transport a pet to Dr. J, right? I mean, right. Yeah. this is yeah. what we need to do. I mean, Pet Sitters International, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, they offer certification, accredited certification things. You know, continuing education is very important. We're not vets. We're not vet techs. We're not trainers, dietitians, or nutritionists, and never played one on TV. <laughs> However, we educate ourselves to be better at what we do and to share some knowledge with our with our extended family members or other pet care pros. So people need to see the value in what we do. Anybody can fill a bowl with kibble or put a leash on a dog, but there's something about the pros that make it special. And, and I, I wish I had the word. And in my case, maybe it is advocation, not occupation. Yes. Uh, educating the pet owning population about what professional pet sitters do is very important to me now in light of what's going on within the industry and the app-based platforms and all of that. You know, buyer beware, do your homework, do your Good. be an educated consumer. I like that. And uh, Dr. Jason Nicholas, what would you like to to leave our listeners with? You know, I think the thing at this point is just double check all your sources. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there on the internet. Just as Scott was saying, there's people looking to make a quick buck. There's a lot of people that are just looking to get, you know, stuff out there or incite fear or whatever it might be. Just double check your resources. Talk with your veterinarian if you can. Now, understand that these times are very difficult and it might be that it might be like a telehealth or telemedicine consult with them, which more vets are setting up right now, especially in light of what's going right. on currently with COVID-19. So I think that would be the, one of the main things. One of the other main things is don't abandon your pets. This Good. is not the time to you know, bring your Please pets don't. to shelters or relegate them to the outdoors or anything like that. They are not the vector that is going to you know, affect you and cause your illness and your death almost certainly. And also if you're sheltering in place and you're lonely and there's an opportunity, you know, adopting a, an adult pet at this point. Might not be a bad idea because you've got the time. I'm working on a piece about the pros and cons of adopting a new puppy at this time, which I think <laughs> on the balance sheet comes out to be not the best idea. Um, if I, could, certainly if I could interject or even consider yeah. fostering. Thank yes. You, yes. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's a great point, Scott. And yeah. a lot, you know, there's a lot of pets and there's a lot of rescues and uh, shelters that are overwhelmed at this point. So if you have the opportunity to, yeah, to foster or to adopt, and again, I would suggest an adult or even a senior pet at this point, that could be great. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's perfect because I'm in here in uh, Dallas and the SPC of Texas is doing everything they can to get their adult and seniors fostered out during these tough times. And uh, I think both these are 
amazing good tips. I wish we could talk all day. You guys rock. Do you know that? Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> I know this is the first time Scott's been on the show, and this, I believe, is your second time, uh, Dr. Jason Nicholas. But and, and I, I'm so honored, so honored. Thank you, Arden. Well, we all together need to work together to make this be a better planet for all people, all pets. And this sucks right now. Let's just say like it is. Yeah. But practicing good hygiene and being blessed to have a dog, cat, or other companion animal in your home, you know, don't undervalue that, folks, because they make, what did they say, the uh, the, the Roger Cares, pets don't make up our whole lives, but they make our, they lives, make our whole. lives whole. I do salute that. I want to thank you both for being on the show, and I hope that all of you Here's some of these great tips and uh, strategies that Scott Black and Dr. Jason Nicholas have given us. Let's practice them. And please follow the Preventive Vet. It's PreventiveVet.com. you got to get his pause and play newsletter. It rocks. And it has really good information. And so I also want to thank my producer, Mark Winter. He was saying, boy, it's going to be kind of boring doing no shows. And he works out of his home for a living. And the dude is working overtime now with all the shows on the Pet Life Radio Network. So there are some people like Mark Winter that are working overtime to get good information out to all of us. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>